Hey everybody, you are listening to the Zero Altitude Outdoor Podcast with your host, Brandon Garrett. For this podcast, we would like to thank Texas Torches, offering quality lighting solutions at affordable prices. Our favorite are their headlamps, the Elite Series and the Predator Series. Super bright LED, fully waterproof, rechargeable. Backed by a limited lifetime warranty. That's Texas Tough. You can reach them at texastorches.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. We appreciate you following along and listening to us. I got uh, Shelby on the line. This is Post Hunt of our Colorado Rifle of 21. Uh, how you doing, Shelby? I'm doing good, brother. How, how are you doing? Oh, making it, man. We're doing good here in South Texas. Starting to warm up a little bit, even though it's uh, supposed to be winter. <laughs> yeah, we still, uh, we're still getting a little cold here. A lot of wind. I don't know. Fluctuates kind of like Florida and Texas weather. So today was about 58. And a couple of days ago it was about 29. So we're in and out of the cold. West West Virginia, right? West by God, Virginia. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll just cut right to it. Um, so this is uh we did a we did a little show out while we were out there, um, campfire podcast. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure you've seen it already. We're just going to recap. We're going to pick up where we left off. We had two days left on this hunt. And uh, it should be a short and sweet segment here. Um, but man, we're just going to jump right into it. What do you think about it? Yeah, yeah, we might as well um, jump into that <clears throat> very next day. Uh, what our game plan was. And uh, what we ended up, what we ended up changing and finding. Yeah, it was a heck heck of a day, right? Oh man, <laughs> it was a light switch turned on that day. Yeah. So uh, we had two days left to our hunt. This is uh, the second and third of November. Uh, the next morning after the campfire show. We were pumped up. We got up there super early. We went up our uh, shortcut, and uh, it was it was snowing pretty good that morning, and uh, we made it to the top of the ridge. And uh, man, we were pumped up, so we got up there pretty quick. And uh, as soon as we got up there, we heard some distant bugles. And uh, man, as soon as it got daylight, we were glassing uh, the back of the ridge. 
this hole kind of where those those 40 elk were kind of hanging out we knew there was something going to be in there we done seen one or two uh, you know solo bulls already um searching around um and the, the big herd was in there it had what five or six little bulls in there and the big herd bull right yeah at least at least there now, now this is the, this is the same herd that i had missed the giant okay just the day before missed the huge giant um <clears throat> so we got up there and we started glassing right at daylight and shoot not even an hour hour later that big bull come walking by what six or seven hundred yards right yeah yeah i think it was just under 700 yeah he 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 was on a mission he was a pretty good one uh, i think it's the same one we seen on the very first day or you seen the very first day man he was he was a toad but he had his head down and he was walking fast we tried to cow call and he just didn't want it man um he kept on heading up north over the ridge and disappeared uh, we sat there a little while longer and uh, didn't really see much after that. I think it was, what, 9, nine or 10 o'clock maybe? Mm-hmm. We, uh, we decided to make a move. The weather was crappy that day. It was kind of snowy on and off, and it was cold and overcast. We decided to head up the ridge to where that bull went. We, we haven't been up there yet, and that's where the, the herd of 40 come from as well so we headed up that ridge and uh, we made it to the top and uh the the snow kind of turned to sleet and it kind of turned to a wet rain so we were we were stopping under a uh one of those conifer trees and getting our slickers out you know we, we didn't want to get wet but, uh, that's when we heard a bugle well i heard a distant bugle I was like, man, did you hear that? He's like, no, what is it? man, I could have swore I heard a bugle over there. It was, uh, it was like ten, ten thirty at this time. So we we decided to slip over there, and uh, we seen some cows. We busted some, you know, moo cows. There's moo cows. Seen some moo cows, and we had we headed over this point of this ridge. We was trying to look for those tracks where those forty come from, right? Yeah. And, See uh, what they what they were doing right yeah because we had no idea where they were coming from we didn't know what was on the other side of this ridge we were kind of curious where that bull was going and we seen another bull previous you know a few days before kind of head that way and we're like man what's what is this you know um uh, anyway the other side was super steep it was uh nasty very very nasty dark timber um there's a burn on a the mountain on the north side so uh, and there was private down there at the bottom in the valley. Uh, but I think the other side of that ridge was just super dark timber and just north facing. So I think we concluded it was a little bedding area. But uh, we headed we headed uh, kind of towards the sound of the, that bugle I heard. It was just a lazy bugle. Uh, it, it just did it once, I believe. And uh, we passed those moo cows up. And we kind of hit a meadow. And uh, we started skirting the meadow, and we heard a, a cow call. It's like, man, what was that? It kind of didn't didn't sound real, you know. 
So I, I gave it a cow call and I heard a whining little bugle. It was a couple hundred yards away. Me and Shelby was <laughs> looked at each other like, man, that's a person. It just didn't sound legit, you know. So we we slipped on another hundred yards or so. We cow called again, another little whiny bugle and a few little cow calls. And the cow calls didn't even sound like a normal cow call. <laughs> it, it was jacked up. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so he's like, man, we freaking got called in over here by a dang person, you know. <clears> oh, <throat> Doug Flutie. But, so we slipped on. We just wanted to see, you know, just in case. I wanted to put my eyes on a person before I turned around, you know. Um, it started to snow again at this point. And we made it a little bit further. We were moving slow, you know, just in case it was elk or whatever. And uh, we slipped up to where we can see they were like down in a ditch. The sound was coming down like, you know, in the bottom of a, a drainage. And uh, it was pretty steep down there, but we was in a, like an opening part, south facing open part. And to our left, this bunch of, looked like it had been burned before, right? A bunch of trees and blow down. Looked like it had been burned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was super thick, and uh, we were just kind of sitting there, and uh, Shelby was filming, he was recording, you know, and then this screaming bugle let out, and we kind of, you know, our mouths dropped, and we looked at each other, and was like, man, that was real. We <laughs> we instantly knew that was a elk. That was a legit. Yeah. And uh, we, we got some pretty good footage and audio of that but uh man we knew that was legit so a cow called again and oh he let out again and oh the game is on <laughs> so we're you like fired up yeah and we, we just kind of sparked it up you know and so this is the same same herd the same 40 something uh so we're just throwing a number out there because that's about what we counted there may be you know more uh, but same herd about a quarter of a mile away and uh they're in a they're in a nasty hole in the bottom of this drainage and up in the north face in dark timber and they were spread out from the from the cross down to the bottom and all the way back up this all that burnt timber stuff man there's elk everywhere and uh so we're just trying to figure out what we're going to do. So I throw off my pack. I'm like, okay, let's go. So I kind of eased on. And as I started slipping, I didn't make it 10 feet. And I looked in the bottom and I caught glimpses of a five point and a few more cows crossing. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is it, man. This is this is going to be it. So I eased down and Shelby took off his pack. And we started making our way down really slow. We were we were creeping, you know. We done, you know, we done messed up so many times on this trip. I have. You know, all the misses and everything else. I'm like, man, we're not going to screw this up. So let's take our time. Let's be patient. He's bugling. We know where they're at. We see them. You know, the wind was good. Let's just ease on down there. While you know, the snow was uh, kind of making it, you know, loud. So, uh, you know, they couldn't really hear us. We eased on down a little bit. It took us, what, like an hour, hour and a half to make it down what, I don't know, 100, 150 yards maybe. 
Yeah, at least. And we were moving pretty slow. I didn't realize how slow we were moving until we played the footage back. <laughs> we were moving pretty slow, which is good. But uh, <clears throat> we ease down, and this sucker is just every cow call he's answering, and he's pacing back and forth. You can tell he's moving. He would never come down to where we could see him, but he's just walking back and forth, back and forth, bugling. We make it down to the ridge, to the edge of the ridge, where we're looking down in this uh, drainage. And it's so thick with underbrush and stuff. Man, it's going to be hard to get a clear shot. So our wind's still good. Uh, and, and as we was making our way down, as we're cow calling to this bull, you know, I was trying to get him to come away from his cows just to come, just take a look. Because he was screaming. And, you know, all we needed was just a little open, him to step out of his little zone to see what that cow was doing, you know. And uh, I was going to pop him, but he would never do it. But as we were cow calling to this bull, these other cows are getting curious now. So they hear us, and they're starting to move up to us. So they start coming up our ridge, and i never seen them. I heard a stick pop, but this blowdown stuff's so thick. I'm 50 yards ahead of uh, or below Shelby, and I'm, I remember looking back, and he's like, hey, hey, hey. You know, there's there's elk and I was like where you know I can't I can't see I guess he had a different point of view than me and you know, he could see some cows I mean just made it within a hundred yards of us and they had done heard our cow calls so they're coming up seeing what's what's going on you know checking it out I never seen them and uh, they never spooked or nothing like that uh, they just walked on walked on up the ridge and uh, kind of headed away from us but <clears throat> uh, man this bull steady bugling steady bugling he would never he would never show himself I've seen glimpses of other smaller bulls uh, glimpses, glimpses of uh, cows um, we ended up seeing a little raghorn that I had a clear shot on in a hole way on up on the north facing slope and uh, I yeah put, he stepped in there broadside yeah. for a minute he just stopped right there in that hole. I mean, of course he would. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, with that big bull within 150 yards of us screaming like that, just ready to be a TV star, uh, man, I just uh, made the decision to not shoot this barely legal bull. Um, now in Colorado, it's got to be a, a five-inch brow tine or five points on one side and he was barely there, um, and I, I didn't want to take that chance, um, even though I had him in my crosshairs for 30 or 40 seconds, or maybe longer, but I let him go, and uh, one of those cows ended up bedding right there in that hole, right? Yep. Right where she can see out, see out everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sat there for a long time. Yeah. Now, there was there was elk spread out everywhere. There, there might have been more than that, you know. You could see forty. I'm sure there was sixty, you know. But uh, we sat there. I, we didn't realize how long we stood there, and Jack with his bull while they bedded. Um. He finally shut up. I think it was three or four o'clock. Now 
we done been there what five four or five hours shoot more than that six hours mm-hmm. and uh he finally shut up and we're like okay so they're they're gonna come out we we slipped down to another ledge a little bench uh, while he shut up we you know we moved down another hundred or so yards on this bench and got a better uh, position on them to where those other elk come out on that drainage so now we're in a position if he comes out and gets down there and crosses that drainage he's dead and he never does we wait we wait we wait he gave us the slip and he ended up bugling a couple hundred yards to our right i just out of nowhere he cracked off and it was like he was saying come on everybody come on because as soon as he bugled the cows the little screechy raghorn all of them answered and here they come they just followed him on through the dark timber and they disappeared <clears throat> so we made the decision after that it was like man they're <laughs> we're not gonna catch him you know he's already ahead of us so we we swung on around the ridge went all the way back to where we crossed we tried to cut them off and when we got over there, it was just about dark. We made it through the dark timber, tried to get the wind right. The wind was swirling and acting all crazy. And it started raining or something, right? Sleeping. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, it got nasty. Wind started blowing. It started raining or sleeting or something. And we were cold and wet, and it was right at dark. Uh, our chance kind of slipped away, so... We head on back to the camp and uh, kind of licked our wounds, talked about it. We only had one more day, one more day left. So, uh, what do I, what do we do that next morning? We went straight back up there, right? Yeah, yeah. That that little that little ridge we had. I mean, that was a that was a hot spot. So yeah, we. Uh, we ended up going straight back up there. Yeah, we were kind of depressed. You know, that didn't work out because, I mean, that was an awesome experience, uh, especially in, in the second rifle like that later in the year. I mean, it's November. We didn't expect anything to be bugling at all. Um, we were kind of, you know how it is, the roller coaster of emotions with elk hunting. We were kind of down in the dumps again. And we, we decided to make it back up there before daylight again, do the same thing. We looked over the ridge again, glassing. I don't think that morning we seen anything, right? Just a few bugles. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, <clears throat> I think we heard a, heard a few, but I mean, as far as putting eyes on anything, we didn't see anything that morning. Yeah, so. Which was frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, so we're because every other day before that we were always seeing them. Yep. Yep. So we didn't we didn't see nothing that morning, and our game plan was to you know every day our game plan was initially to look over the backside. Um, in this hole where these elk, you know, were moving through, coming out of private and uh, just pushing through this dark timber. They were using this little section of dark timber to navigate. And uh, that's where they were bedding and everything, too. Um, but we, we wasn't in a good position to watch them, but we were in a good position to turn around 
and look across at a at a north facing slope across from us and that is a good bedding area because that's the one where we missed and uh, we'd seen we'd seen some more and that's that's what i'm getting to now is we uh we made the plan at noon to head back up the ridge we're going to eat some lunch we're going to set up our uh our binos and everything um, we decided to leave a spotter back at the camp uh it's just heavy trying to climb up that that uh that hill or that mountain we were climbing up every morning it was straight up it was a short distance but it was straight up Shit. Yeah, <laughs> and it was thick. Oh, it was so thick. Oh God. Yeah, we were the only ones doing this. Even though there were people on the trail looking up at us, they probably thought we was crazy. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, we got our binos out, and let me tell you, I didn't even get my lunch out yet. I looked down there with my naked eye, straight down, and I was like, man, something don't look right. We done glassed this side, this whole side, for a couple of days already in a row. And uh, I looked down there. I was like, man, that looks like a lot of something down there. <laughs> it just didn't look right. It looked like rocks or something I didn't see before. And uh, so I threw the binos up. Boom, elk. There's bedded elk right there. Right there. And what's mm -hmm. crazy is they come down from the ridge that we've been standing on this whole time and hunting on this whole ridge. They come right through. They got right around us. Crazy, man. Crazy. So there was, uh, how many we count? 20? Yeah, at least 20. Yeah, 20. At first, only seen like 12. And then we was like, oh, man. They're like, how, how our luck changed. Like, this is a done deal. They were literally like 400 yards below us. Like, this is game over. They're bedded in the wide open. Only we could see them because we're above them, but they think they're in the thick, right? So we're like freaking celebrating and getting all pumped up. It was like, dude, our luck just changed, you know? And uh, so we like, all right, we're going to move down to this cliff, to this little rock. There's a little point of this rock. We're going to get closer. Dude, that should be right above them within 400 yards. I think we were like 550 or something at the very beginning right yeah so we were going to get ourselves uh within 400 and so we slipped up to this this uh this rock this point of this rock i looked over man they're all there they're just hanging out in the sun so we set up everything we took our time set up our binos we got the gun ready we did the range and all that stuff and you know, this is a matter of 10 minutes, you know. We was like, okay, man, I know there's a shooter bull. We only seen, what, a spike at first? Yeah, spike and... Maybe a little raggy? A little raggy, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, we seen the spike. The longhorn spike was out front, and then the little raggy was kind of in the brush, and that's all we seen. So we are like, man, hey, let's just scan. We got all day. They just bedded. They're going to be here for several hours. <laughs> Man, it's all good. You know, there's nothing bothering them. We're going to scan for a shooter bull, and we're going to kill that sucker. And, you know, we already planned. Dude, they're right there by the by the trail. It's like, man, we ain't got to haul this sucker over, up and over this ridge and down this hill. <laughs> <laughs> we're already kind of tickled, man. This is going to be easy. Well, 
We all know how luck, uh, how elk hunting is. <laughs> we, uh, we're looking for this big bull, man. We're like, all right, where is he? Where is he? Oh, there's another elk. Uh, where is he? Where? Oh, another elk. There were just elk everywhere in that brush. And like I say, it was 10, not even 15 minutes of scanning looking for this bull uh, that we thought was there. And I'll be dang, they freaking, they all stood up and they started looking like back towards our direction, but, but down. They wasn't looking at us. They were looking in the brush. And all of a sudden, they all went out the back. So we're like, oh no, this is our chance, you know? I mean, if a bull's going to be here, he's going to stand up and we're going to see him. Like, if I'm going to kill him, it's going to be now. This is my, this is the last chance. And... Sure enough, we're scanning, we're scanning, and Shelby's like, oh, there he is, there he is. So it turns out he was in the back, kind of above all these other cows and little small bull. And he was in the brush line where me and, me and Shelby had already scanned. We're looking, and he was just in a view where <laughs> we just went right over him. And he was a pretty good one, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was at least five by five. Yeah, he, he you know... I, I, he said he was a shooter. I didn't really get a good look at him because um, all these elk, they they had an exit plan and they went straight out the back. And uh, what we believe happened was uh, a mountain lion. We believe there was a mountain lion because we didn't see uh, this big cliff wall. We never seen it. You can't see it from up there. No. Um, and it's huge cliff wall. And that's the only thing it could have been. That's the only thing it could have been. There was no, there's no people. Um, we had done seen bears, and the elk didn't run for no bear. But man, they were on high alert. They jumped up out of their bed and was looking at right, right towards that wall. That's what they were looking at. Yep. And they run out the back, and they crossed the trail, and they went up the north, north facing timber where uh, I missed the uh, the bedded bull. Dude. And disappeared. They disappeared. I mean, 20-something elk just vanished. While we're watching them, we're watching them in the timber. They just vanished. What about a, a hour, maybe? An hour later? Something like that. We're just, we're watching, we're watching. And I think we ended up moving back up. We did. We moved back up to our original glassing position, where it's a yep. little a little bit higher, and uh, we we were glassing deep in this timber. We're gonna find them, you know. And I be dang, we had spotted a we had spotted a bull bedded in a tiny hole in this timber uh, the day or two before, and there was a log right in front, and he would lay behind that log. I be dang. These elk went to the exact same spot, and a, uh, a elk, I think it was a little a little bull. I think it was that little spike, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He laid in the exact same spot in the exact same bed. I ain't never seen nothing like it. And we glassed over him. I don't know how how long we did. We did because we, we trust me. We went right back to that hole. And we was like, oh, let's check our hole. Oh no, I don't see nothing. It's just a log, you know. And I think we were both staring at it when it moved. It moved. We were like, <laughs> dude, that's an elk. Yep. That, that's elk. And sure enough, it ended up standing up. 
you know, later. It's like, golly, man, how many times we scanned over this thing, you know, knowing that there was elk there, scanned over it, and then still didn't see it, and then all of a sudden it moved. But uh, once we got to looking and staring through that timber, um, we started seeing shadows and stuff move, right? Yeah. Dang, shadows move, then we'll see a, a butt of an elk, and then, you know, they started moving up real slow. They started getting up. And this is about four, four thirty. I think every day they got up at four thirty. You know, they all got up, me on up, and uh, I think they crested the the ridge. And uh, we never seen them again. Nope. I think uh, that's what we usually did. We we you know, we get up there at noon and we'd glass that north facing timber and find bedded elk until about four thirty. They'd get up. <laughs> And if we couldn't make a play on them or whatever, we'll just turn around. And then there was elk behind us on the on this other ridge. And we just kind of played both sides of it from being on top of this ridge, man. It was a pretty, pretty sweet deal. But, um, yeah, it was. Uh, it made a second guess, our, our, our glassing, because, you know, how, how long did we look at it? And we never could, you know, make it out that it was an elk. We just thought it was a log. And it was a, yeah. It's an actual elk sitting yep. there laying there. Mhm. Yep. Um. That evening, uh, we just uh, we just walked you know fifty yards or whatever. It was kind of glass on the other side until it got dark. We heard cows and stuff mewing. They were working through the timber. Um, the wind was wrong. Uh, we knew it was wrong, and we, we couldn't really do nothing about them. We were just hoping we'd get a glimpse of them in the open on the other side if they came out and uh they ended up coming by us and uh we kind of moved over so we can see the edge of a corner where that trail was there was a trail going straight to private you know they ended up coming out right there on that corner and i, I seen the bull when all i seen was his butt he cut right through there right behind his cows but it was kind of it was dusky dark and you know i didn't want to take the take the shot I, I didn't have a good clear shot uh we ended up seeing what uh cow and two calves or something come out on the other side yep never seen a cow and two calves i think that was the only time we didn't see a bull or you know yeah in, in uh in, on that side when they were moving yeah well uh i'd seen that bull in the corner right was that that day? yeah it was, a, it was that day was that the same day uh-huh i think so yeah. um then that i think so can't remember i know for sure we had the cow and calves kind of come up into the timber right below us and was was mewing yeah yeah for oh sure. yeah 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 um that just kind of wrapped up our <laughs> wrapped up our hunt uh, you know it uh it sucks it's a hard pill to swallow but you know I ended up passing one or two yeah i passed two past two rag horns that probably would you know it was close to being shooters uh it's questionable um and passed those and uh i had those two misses man i had uh you know i missed the biggest bull of my life at 20 yards with a rifle i mean it sucks but um we had a good good hunt uh, we got into them and you know I just feel like uh, we were still successful. 
even though we didn't come home with meat, I feel like we did pretty good compared to all the pressure that we had around us and seen and man, nobody was seeing nothing or hearing nothing. I felt like we were the only only guys in the elk. But Yeah, we didn't see but what one other hunter and he was lost. Yeah, on, on our ridge, yeah, we had one hunter come up uh around noon that last day and uh He's like, hey, are you my buddies? He's like, uh, <laughs> no. He's <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were my buddies. And nope, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> and that was it. He turned around and he walked away. I yeah. mean, he didn't. Yep. So I guess it took him all morning or, you know, half a day to get out there or get up there and that way. Uh, but he had no idea. He had no idea. But, man, we, we checked her. We checked our log on the trailhead, and there was trucks every day. You know, we were in there way before daylight and out of there after dark every single day. But we would check the, the log at the trailhead, and we could see the oranges walking up and down the trail and horses and all kind of junk, right? So it was a busy little place, but everybody was going way far back. We were literally, what, two, two and a half miles in? Yeah, if that. <laughs> yeah. So we would watch all these hunters go by, and uh, we we checked the log, and that one day right there at the end, there was 18, 18 hunters just in our trailhead, and we have not yeah. like this was every day though, yeah, and we haven't heard the first shot or seen the first pack out, first nothing. We ain't we ain't seen nothing. So, anyway, I, I felt pretty good about it. But um, <clears throat> I want to kind of talk about our, you know, kind of what we learned from this trip. And uh, like, like me and Shelby talked about it, uh, what we would do different, what we could have, you know, should have, would have, could have. Um, you want to you wanna talk about a little bit of that, uh, Shelby? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Uh... I'd say one of the first things we should probably cover is what we've seen after the fact, and actually you did on Onyx, uh, a different way to get there. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would have been a lot faster and a lot easier. Um, we could parlay that into why didn't we think about leaving our gear mm-hmm. hidden up there. Right. Where we could have, you know, kind of went up light and got mm-hmm. up there a lot faster. Because I think you timed it. Um, mm-hmm. And what was our average getting up? 45, to, 45 minutes to 50 minutes. 45 minutes. And that was for the full, I say full, but, you know, that was with all of our stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Um, and that's a, that's a tough 45 minutes. Like, as fast as we can go, you know, we're stopping for a break every now and then and stuff like that. But we're, we're humping it. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 not an easy forty-five. Um, so I don't know, man. Maybe start there. Where if we would have looked at Onyx a little more, yeah, to try to maybe see if there was a different way, uh, you know, maybe that would have right allowed us to 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 get in a better position earlier than 
than yeah. what we what we were getting there. Yeah. So so with that kind of being said, I'll take that into <clears throat> man. We had tunnel vision. You know, we had our game plan. We were on elk. We had tunnel vision. We didn't even look at Onyx when we got back to um, our camp. You know, we didn't even talk about really a game plan. I mean, we, we said what we we're going to do. We we're going to head right back up there and do the same thing, right? So I think, yes, we should have looked back, look at Onyx, think how we can approach this different, how we can be faster, more efficient. Um, we didn't even think about the gear thing until later. And I didn't even look at Onyx and realize that there was another route uh, that could possibly be faster and shorter uh, until later. Um, but I think that's a good lesson. And just don't get tunnel vision, man. You know, if you if you have a base camp, you get back to base camp. Y'all talk about the strategy. You figure out how you can better the situation, how you can approach it, what the elk's been doing, and. Uh, kind of see if you can better the situation and put yourself in a better position to be successful and i just feel like we were in a little bit of tunnel vision and kind of had our strategy down already and we didn't even think about anything else you know yeah I and mean, i think where we got hung up is just because the amount of elk and every day mm-hmm. we were we were seeing them so yep. we felt like we had a position that you know was sufficient even though that was a rough 45 minutes climb every day mm-hmm. but we felt like you know I, I know that's what it was and we just like i said we got tunnel vision and we didn't look at the the totality of everything we just we're, we're in elk we see them every day we just got a game plan on you know getting on you know putting ourselves in a, in a position to get on them right so yeah, we probably we probably left some time on the table because I think honestly once we found those elk, I think there was really only one, maybe two mornings that we got up there like perfect time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, if we could have shaved off a little bit of time and a little bit of struggle, I think yeah. we would have. Uh, would have been in a, in a little better position and speaking of, of of shaving time you know try to prep your gear and do all your stuff the night before but um, you know it's hard later in the hunt you know you're tired you're struggling to get up at the alarm i mean you know we're we're bumping nine ten miles a day you know our feet hurt our body hurt um but by the time we get back after dark you know we, we cook up something to eat and you know trying to dry our clothes and you know get our water straight and our pack straight and all that good stuff man we're bumping 10 11 o'clock and we're getting up at four you know it's rough um so so speaking of shaving time you know all i can say is like i wish we i wish we tried a little bit harder to get our stuff ready so we could leave earlier you know just throw our stuff and go you know um that would have saved some time Uh, yeah i think our biggest mistake was saying and i know i did mentally i don't know if i verbalize this but i know i did mentally it's like you know what i'll just do that in the morning (laughs) i'll just do that in the morning (laughs) that's the biggest (laughs) mistake ever right and and i did it yeah at that point you know you're just so tired you're like man i just need to go to sleep i'll do it in the morning 
and you know morning come and you know hit hit the first two snoozes you know <laughs> right and then all that time is gone so right. i know yeah I, I agree we we need to take care of our stuff at in the morning time but i think you know us listening to a few podcasts um mm-hmm. which i know we just got this kind of recently but you know our the way we the way we eat way we eat on the mountain and what we eat on the mountain um you know was very interesting information to i think for us to try so Mm -hmm. if we just think about it if we just made coffee right and did the protein bar like you know podcast was saying and then we had a bunch of our um those uh what are those honeycomb honey stingers Honey stingers, honey stingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean that made that made a total made total sense and cuts down on our weight. Yeah, big time. Yeah. So I think that's something for us to explore this time is is to because uh, I know for me, man, coffee is so important. And mm-hmm. uh, so if we did, if we cut out eating the biscuits gravy, which I know that kind of sucks because I really like the biscuits gravy or the blueberry. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but if we did something like that, dude, I mean, uh, that might be, and just do a good meal in the evening. Yeah, yeah, that maybe might be a game changer. Maybe have some stuff prepped. Um, you know, some of you guys make your own, um, you know, freeze dried meals and stuff like that, or you know, you prep all your meals and containers and stuff for when you get back to the camp and have it ready. You know, chili ready. You know, we were getting back and having them to make stuff. You know, I had elk and deer, and and uh, you know, Shelby had fish and and this and that. We had little little supper meals that we would get back and uh, cook over the fire or whatever. You know, so that that contributed to the time spent in our evenings, kind of taken away from the time we could have been prepping our our packs and stuff. Right. So even though you know we did enjoy a nice tenderloin over the fire and uh you know a, a uh paper sack drink and uh sit by the fire and kind of relax for a little minute that was pretty nice yeah yeah i could say i could say in that camp we uh we ate good we ate good in the evenings there's no oh, doubt yeah, about sure. it oh we needed it bro we, <laughs> we were pumping it out every day but yeah just just taking away from that um Shave some time if you can. Talk over the strategy when you get back to the camp. Um, constantly be trying to better yourself and better your position. You know, that's only going to increase your success rate. Um, something else we had mentioned is talking about weight. You know, me and Shelby talked over, you know, just packing up a sleeping bag and everything else is sleeping up on that ridge or somewhere nearby that ridge to save that hike. We talked about it. We thought about it. It really wasn't a good position the way the wind switches and stuff. It was too close to the elk. Um, we talked about, you know, uh, it was, um, I think, a mile and a half or maybe two miles just to where we get to the point on the trail that we start to go up. So we talked about hiking in the camp. Uh, we had a TP and all that stuff. We talked about hiking in right there and spike camping right there to save that little walk, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why we didn't have the spotter, because 
the first few mornings we took it up there and it's man we start we started you know shucking weight so it was a it was a struggle straight up and we were such in a rush every morning trying to get up there before daylight you know so uh, we we decided to leave that behind and that ended up that you know that could have cost us i mean that's potentially could have cost us the the first elk at least the first elk that i, I shot at because if we would have had the spotter with the phone scope and uh, could have been recording yep. just like we did when we practiced we could have seen where i was hitting and i could have made my adjustments because we could not see where i was hitting so i yep. didn't i didn't know where to adjust um, no vapor trail through the yeah, binos. Yeah, there's no vapor trail at all. Um, and that really sucks. Because um, during practice, we were shooting over 500. And, you know, regularly shoot to 1,000. And with the spotter, we can see vapor trails. And with the phone scope, and if you record it, you, you, you're able to play back and slow-mo and everything else to see what you're doing. And in that case, I had plenty of time. We could have did that. So there's another lesson learned there. So next time, we're going to have the spotter with us. If it's, if it's possible, we're going to carry it. Yep. Spotter and tripod, that's mandatory equipment. And, you know, we didn't even think about it later until um, when we just got back or whatever. And I was like, man, dude, instead of leaving that spotter at the camp we could have hiked it up there to that ridge top we know we're coming back in the morning we have dry bags put that sucker in the dry bag put put our tripod our spotter whatever else in the dry bag you know seal it up cover it up and hide it and we'll just get it in the morning and he was like dang <laughs> yep. we should have did that so that's I mean, a, that would have been at least three, probably four. Yeah, probably four hikes up that we could oh, have yeah. saved mm -hmm. all that weight. We just yep. had water. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, that goes for food. That goes for everything. We could have just did that one day, hike our, hike yep. our stuff up there because we ate in the same place every day. Um, we were going back to the same place every morning. We had the same gear. I mean, instead of hiking that stuff back and forth every day, I mean, if that's, you know, in your case, that's what I would do. And in our case, that's what we should have done. I didn't think about it until later. Hmm. But yep. that's a good tip. That's a, I think that's that tunnel vision, man. We just yeah. you know, get so wrapped up in the elk that you forget about the other stuff. Yep. So I think um, the very next morning with the bull bugling back and forth at us with all those elk when we uh, snuck up on all those elk, you know, I, I never carried my bugle tube. You know, I've I've debated, I threw it up that maybe I should have, you know, maybe that could have made a difference. Um, I don't know. Maybe I could have could have got 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 him mad you know um because it was during the middle of the day at that time and he was he was fired up but a cow call just wasn't doing it he had 40 other cows out there you know he just 
don't know, maybe uh maybe I could have fired him up and got him to got him to show himself. Well, and knowing what we know now with, you know, different again, different podcasts, different, you know, um, you know, Elk one one, different stuff that we've, mm-hmm. you know, that supposed to of getting bed, you know, getting these elk in their beds fired up. Mm-hmm. Elk nut. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, you know that, I mean, that's not a guarantee, but we, we could have had it there to try. And, uh, I think something else we, uh, I'm looking back, um, I've kind of contemplated on maybe we wasn't aggressive enough. You know, we're, we, we, you know, we've been aggressive before and it, 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 you know, jacked me up. You know, it wasn't the right time to be aggressive. Um, maybe this time we were being too patient when we should have been more aggressive. And I look back on it, you know, <clears throat> as he's pacing back and forth on this ridge on the north facing slope in the dark timber, we had the wind right. We could have dropped down away from him we could have dropped down crossed over got on his level and come in with the wind right and that that timber was um it was thick but it was open enough to where i could make a hundred you know 150 yard shot and yeah i probably could have squeezed one in there on him you know could, could at least got a glimpse on you know at him well i mean and too when we looked back at the footage those elk were down there on our level, and we just we never seen them in that dark timber. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah, looking over the footage, um, you know, of course he's you know like Shelby, he's filming and looking with his naked eye, and um, the the camera captured elk moving through the timber that he didn't see or I didn't see. Um, and looking back on it, we actually seen a a good bull. <laughs> And uh, we actually seen glimpses of another bull and a heck of a lot more elk, you know, moving up on our level than what we had, what we had thought. But um, I think there's a lot more elk in that that area than what we thought. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think we could have handled that a little bit different. You know, looking back, you always kind of kick yourself in the butt and play the what if games. But I I, I think. Um, in that case, I probably should have known he wasn't going to show himself. You know, big bulls, they don't get big for being stupid, you know. Uh, I, nope. should have, I should have made it happen. But other than that, uh, anything else for that trip we can reflect back on? Um, I think... I think that's pretty much it, dude. Um, maybe, maybe not try unknown trails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by just looking at Onyx and Google Google Earth, <laughs> yeah, maybe a little deceiving. But no, I think I think that's it, bro. I think those are the biggest uh, um, biggest takeaways that we 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 you know got from Colorado but again I mean you know getting in there uh having been to that area finding that those elk like we did I mean you know that's again I mean I just think that's 
uh, a testament to the preparation, you know, ahead of time, you know, the e-scouting and mm-hmm. reading and, you know, just conversation and just figuring it out. And I think, you know, that's why each state we go to, we're, you know, we don't, it may take us three or four days, but we, we find them. Yeah. So our game plan changed several times. And from the beginning of this hunt to where we like where we ended up starting our hunt at, we were uh, banking on all the pressure from this burn area, pushing the elk to us in this thicker timber and stuff like that. So that's what we were banking on. But this trailhead we ended up coming on, man, that ended up being a freaking highway. Mm-hmm. So after several miles, and it took us about two days. Uh, we did we did find a herd of elk and we seen where they crossed and we we pretty much spot them in the snow and uh, we put in eight or nine miles that 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 second day that's when we found them we hit this ridge and what this ridge was it was a hole it was a pocket it was a a a, a, a drainage system like a hole and that it was hard to get to it was really hard to get to. If you walk the trail and then cut through the timber and hit the drainages and everything else, it was like eight miles just to get there. Or you can go through the thicket straight up like we did, and it was two miles, you know. And that's what we did. Um, and we only did that once we found it and come down through that mess. Um, it was right. It was thick. But once we found them, they were bugling on the back side where nobody else could hear them. You know, we had this pocket of elk to ourselves, you know, with all this pressure and all that pressure was pushing more and more elk into this pocket right in on us. It was a perfect scenario. Now, there, was, there was two or three groups of elk um, in there. That group of 20-something was different than the 40 that we had been hunting um, mm-hmm. there, there were two or three scraggler bulls coming up out of private. There was a group of 20-something in the private. Um, yeah, there was elk all over. But, um, yeah, find those find those pockets. When the pressure hits in the rifle season, man, find those pockets. They could be just one ridge over. And uh, we use that ridge, that ridge top to our advantage and hunt both sides of it, you know. Yes, sir. Um, one other takeaway I can, I can tell you is, uh, be mobile. Don't limit yourself. You know, if you can, don't limit yourself. Uh, we try to stay mobile. We have several options. Um, we can pack in and go deep and never come back to the truck if we wanted to. Uh, we did have a, uh, enclosed trailer just big enough to where we can come down this, this that road. That road was horrible. Mm, God, yeah. <laughs> you know, we we tore stuff up and scratched trucks and broke fenders and we had a heck of a time. Um, but we crossed big creeks and got stuck and had to go get chains and <laughs> it was a it was a whirl. But just stay mobile and you'll kill out. I think mobility is key. Yep, I agree. Anyway, we're going to wrap this uh, session up. We appreciate y'all listening and following along. 
And uh, stay tuned, man. We got some more interesting stuff coming up. See you guys later. Take care. Thank you guys for listening to Zero Altitude Outdoor Podcast. We appreciate any feedback, positive or negative. Don't forget, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Zero Altitude Outdoors.